What is up, fine folks? It's episode nine, double tapped. <laughs> I'm Jay. What, is, what is this intro? What does it matter? <laughs> We're having fun today. Uh, I'm Tanner. Hi. Yeah. Let's, ha- let's have our sons put <laughs> this guy go. <laughs> what? We got a good energy today. We just got back from Buffalo Wild Wings. We did. Uh, I had my favorite mango habanero, even though mm. maybe that's what's working me up. It's, yeah. it's so spicy. Uh, Sunspun Shandy by Ryan Geist. Say that. Uh, so we have that Sunspun Shandy. <laughs> what a hot intro. <laughs> this is great. All right. All right. Let's pot these bad boys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So both of our, I assume you've never had this. No. I just saw it and thought it looked interesting. We're oh. both sort of Ryan guy stands. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> okay, so it is described as a shandy with grapefruit, grapefruit, grapefruit and orange juice. Uh, no such thing as too much fun in the sun. A bright squeeze of orange and grapefruit juice <laughs> grapefruit into a <laughs> light-bodied cold nail delivers sunspun shandy, a brilliant blast of citrus sunshine. It is pretty sunshiny. Uh. Oh, that's pleasant. I really like the cans. Oh, yeah. If you're watching the video version, Ryan Geist, hard to beat their cans. Yeah. They're so good. Sort of starts more citrusy and ends more beery. Yeah. That's sort of the vibe I get. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. All right. Tanner, what you been playing this past week? Uh, I've played a little bit of Returnal. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm slowly, ca- little bit. slowly catching up, finally. Um, I had played a little bit the last couple of weeks, but had been progressively more busy. Same kind of story this week, but... Uh, I did make a little bit of progress. I beat yeah. the second boss. Sorry, I'm still in a laughing mood. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Uh, Something tells me later this is just going to go off the rails. we got a lot to discuss. We do. Um, but yeah, I played quite a bit of, of Returnal this week. I've also played a lot of NBA 2K. Mm. Uh, I finally made the jump for it. It's it's for, It was $40 on sale, uh, physical, unfortunately. But th- I don't have any other physical discs, so it's just staying in my PlayStation, yeah. so that's fine. Uh, my my player's been doing well. His nickname's the Garbage Man, and that's pretty fun. Uh, and then yeah, I've just been so into that game. It's the perfect podcast. Did you game. name him after you proper this time, or did you actually go I, back to Cash Banks? I, Cash Banks is retired oh, from now. Uh, okay. I did I did name him after myself proper. Yeah, there. Uh, I've been playing nothing but Returnal still, pretty much. Uh, I've reached the point where it is a good podcast game because now I'm nice. actually sort of grinding out for the platinum. Yeah. Which is becoming increasingly a grind. Mm. Um, so to sort of talk about this in a li- little bit of a nebulous way, every biome in Returnal has a certain set of collectibles. Yeah. But since it's a roguelite, all the rooms are randomized. Right. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, and you never know what... Like, So there's one biome where there's one collectible that I'm missing, and it is the last bio of, biome of the game. Mm. So having to run through there, the other biomes, to get there look all around for this thing yeah promptly die just to have to run back all the way, <laughs> all back, the way back all in the pursuit of this one oh. particular thing is very frustrating that's a heartbreaker um and considering it's the last one i'm doing the ladder biome surveys first okay and then working my way backwards, backwards so it'll so get a little easier. easier yeah it's smart um and since i was already closer i guess along the way i had accidentally accrued more collectibles in those biomes anyway mm. just by looking around sure um so i'm trying to knock that out Status at this point, I have two of the certain number. Several. Biomes completed. Yeah. Thank, so. you, for, thank you for not spoiling. Uh, I'm hoping, because I got quite a bit done. Uh, so I've seen three biomes now in Returnal. Uh, I got quite a bit done in my last couple of runs. So I beat the second the second boss, whose name is Ixios. Ixium. Ixium, Ixium yes. Um, very cool boss fight. 
I kind of unlocked a couple things mentally with that game that have helped tremendously. Mm. Uh, two of which being, it's better to watch your player than watch the enemy. Yeah, that is that is one that I finally like completely committed to, and it really helped with that fight. Uh, and then the second one being, I never aimed on sight now. Yeah, uh, that was another big yeah, thing. Like pointless. Yeah, coming from you know other shooters where it's like better to get headshots and all that. That's something that I'm used to, and then now it's just like. I hardly ever ADS. Yeah. Um, so that has been a nice improvement. And so I made it, not only did I make it uh, through the second biome, I also made it quite a bit of the ways, I think, right? Yeah. A significant portion. You made it basically to the lead up to, to the, the boss, boss. Right. Yeah. You can kind of, once you've experienced a couple biomes, you can kind of feel that. Um, at least to my experience right now, there have been sort of an objective in a biome that opens a shortcut and then the shortcut goes to the boss and they're each about the same length from yeah. each other. So I knew about where I was at. I made it into the lead up to the boss twice in the third biome already. Um, so I'm hoping that I've, I've had sort of the mental breakthrough and, mm-hmm. and will be there sh- shortly. Yeah. And I'm very excited to mainly just to see you face the forthcoming bosses mm. and the couple of story turns that are going to, yeah, that are coming your way. Tanner, we have an E3 points update. I don't know what that was. So, I got very excited. The first official thing that has come down that at all aligns with either of our E3 predictions. Yes. Uh, the DualShock, or I keep calling them the DualShocks. It'll it'll turn eventually. Yeah. DualSense, we are getting two new colors. Yes, red and black. Um, I predicted this, although I predicted that it would happen at the show. Right. So now we are here to hash out. <laughs> we need to discuss how much credit you get. Yeah. I am, first of all, we need to discuss how decimal we're getting with our with our points do well, we want to keep it in like sort of main fractions half quarter that kind of thing that's kind of what i was thinking okay um and this prediction was pretty well i guess i predicted at least two new colors yes and it was two it was two so that part is i get full credit for that part so it's pretty much just deciding how much i get docked for it not being at the show i feel like it's a half point that's kind of what i was thinking okay yeah so i i think we we should set the precedent now that if anything because if you're watching this i think the the audio version was out before that was announced but the yeah. video version cuz it takes so long to export and i've got very busy last week um that didn't drop until after the announcement was made but we recorded way in advance you can always look if you're curious in youtube or on the podcast thing it'll say when we recorded the the episode yeah. so um it rec- we recorded it the weekend before, so even though Jay predicted that it would happen, I think he deserves some credit for that, but maybe not full credit since it wasn't actually an yes. E3 thing. No, I, and I, would I not, definitely think it should get a dock for that. Yeah, it would not be a surprise <clears throat> to me if several things like this happen on the lead-up to E3. Yeah, which hopefully at least one happens because I actually did predict that one thing actually would happen before, but That's true. we'll see how that comes down. Yes. And there have been rumors swirling. Mm. We've sent some things back and forth, but until it's confirmed, we're not even going to talk about it. Yep. And it's a thought that I don't even want to venture <laughs> don't to think publicize, about. Don't want to publicize, yeah. But let's move on to the rest of the news okay. from this past week. The biggest one, and this is also not confirmed, although it has been somewhat confirmed by a reputable source. Okay. And that is Jeff Grubb yes. tweeted that Starfield is going to be an Xbox PC exclusive. Yeah. Which, if this is true which we are presuming it is. Yeah. That flies in the face of at least one of my predictions. Right. We're going to wait for an official announcement. Right, of course, yeah. Um, but what do you think about this? What's your take? I'm a little surprised, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Um, if it's true, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it as if it is you know, true. And I do think this still leaves the window open for it to be a timed exclusive. But sure. You yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But it is a little surprising because Xbox, they've seen a lot more, they've seen a lot more lax on having other games on their yeah. consoles, right? The thing that I think was most easily sort of comparable to this was with Outer Worlds, mm. where Obsidian was working on that game before Xbox bought them, and they basically said, okay, you're fine to keep making that and go on all consoles, but after that, everything becomes exclusive, whatever. Um, so Outer Worlds came out on PlayStation. I was assuming something would happen like that with Bethesda up until a point, mm-hmm. and I guess Starfield might be that point, because obviously Deathloop is a Bethesda game, but it's a PlayStation-timed exclusive, yeah. um, and they are honoring that. But it's a little surprising. I, I still don't know how exactly how I feel about it yet, because I don't know anything about Starfield yet. Yeah. So I don't even know if that's a big deal or not a big deal at all. It really depends on the quality of the game. But, I mean, it seems like... X. I, we were kind of of two minds when the Xbox Bethesda thing came out. We've we've had a podcast long enough that we got to cover that. Mm-hmm. And one of the thoughts was you don't buy Bethesda without making their shit exclusive. Mm-hmm. Seems like that may be the route they're going. So Yeah, and it's just it's still an interesting, you know, question moving forward of how much does this actually bolster Xbox sales when it still is coming to PC. Right. Um that being said, we'll talk. There's another story coming up here in a little bit that I think continues to make the argument for not owning an Xbox harder to make. Mm. Um, but I'm with you that I was surprised because it was presumably pretty obvious that PS PlayStation development of this game had to have been decently far along. Sure, yeah. So it's like, did they just scrap that entirely? Is it still out there in the ether and will you know come around eventually? Yeah, it remains to be seen. I think just to continue that Go a little ahead. bit. I think, too, games have gotten easier or quicker to make cross-platform. So, because basically now, to my understanding, my limited understanding, I'm not claiming to be a dev or anything, but my limited understanding is that Xbox and PlayStation both run off the same architecture, which basically means if you make a game for one, obviously there are things you have to change, like controller layout and stuff like that, but the main idea of it should run decently, decently well on both. Um, this is not like the PS3 days yeah, the when cell processor or whatever yeah, it was. Good old Orbis. Uh, <laughs> PS3 had its own architecture. If you don't know what that means, basically the computer structure that the, the console is built on. Um, now Xbox and PlayStation are both built basically like a PC. Um, so that's why it makes it so easy to port now, which is good. But that could also mean if they were working side by side on development, it may not be that much of a loss of time to take away the PlayStation arm of it. True. Um, but hopefully, I mean, obviously, we both we both love exclusives because they can be so quality, but also I'm of the mind frame, at least, that I would rather everybody be able to play everything. So sure. hopefully that comes out everywhere at some point, but if not, I understand the yeah. business side of it. And I will say a little bit, too, that you know I've talked about my excessive levels of hype for whenever the Elder Scrolls Six comes back around. Yeah. But... So the last that means the last Bethesda big RPG that I played was Fallout 4. Right. Which didn't blow me away. Right. And pretty much everything now that comes out of Bethesda that isn't Elder Scrolls, I'm going in a little bit trepidatious. Mm. Not thinking it's going to be bad. No, yeah. But going in saying, I'm not expecting this to blow me away. Right. So if it's a loss that I don't get to play it, I'm not that disappointed. Yeah. Unless it comes out and starts, you know, tens or dropping left right. and right. Then I'll be like, yeah. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about the other Xbox story while we're at it. Okay. Uh, Xbox has added 
74 new games to their FPS boost system. Okay, what is this? This is like just one of the functionalities for the Series X that boosts. Oh, sorry, like frame rate, not yes. first person no, 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 shooter. No, no, no. My bad. Yeah, like can double the frame rate of a lot of these games. Wow. And it's 74 new games. And I want this exact thing on PlayStation yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Um, and again, like I said, continues to make the value proposition of the Xbox go way up. Yeah. So. I mean, they're smart. I Kudos to Xbox because they they seem to, what they lack in, at least right now, first-party IP, they have made up for with features and, you know, other things that do end up making a console great. Like, you know, a lot of people look back at the 360 era now and one of the things that people love about the 360 when it first came out was Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. It's not one particular game. It's just that service and the ability to download things like Splosion Man and like really <laughs> early Xbox Arcade titles, um, Braid and things like that. So it's really interesting to see them. I don't want to say outthink everybody else because who knows? Sony might be working on this as well. Also, it may just be more priority with, with Xbox than it is with PlayStation. But I really... I really dig a lot of the moves Xbox is making, this being one of them, because mm-hmm. Xbox is seemingly doing as much as they can to sort of replicate the PC gaming experience on console. And a lot of people, I know especially toward the end of last generation, were migrating to PC mostly for boosted frame rates and better resolution. Yeah. So. It's seeming like maybe their long-term plan was, hey, we have our exclusive games, that's all well and good. We have Halo, we have Gears, yeah. that sort of thing. But we're not going to put as much priority into broadening our internal development of exclusives we're going to focus on our hardware capabilities and then we're just going to go acquire someone right and make them our de facto new exclusive arm yeah which is what obviously which is not a bad idea no um i think it's starting to pay dividends yeah um let's focus on one other developer this is not really a story we can dive too deep into it's just a long-term business strategy but one that i don't like okay ubisoft has been in right know, okay i saw said this they are shifting their focus away from single player and leaning into free to play so i don't like that no this feels like the exact same story we heard in like 2014 sure. um which was you could say this about the entire industry right so so I think the the correct me if I'm wrong but like the the headline cuz this was coming from a uh like a partners meeting right or like the the whatever they call those business calls yeah. um where they meet with all like the stockholders shareholders meeting shareholders meeting thank yeah. you um so it was during one of those where they said that they are going to look into making more free to play triple a free to play games i think is how they phrased it pretty much um which i guess we've not seen many likes of you could argue that fortnite's that but eh. apex yeah apex is Uh, another one but i feel like this is sort of a dated thing to do it now yeah like 2021 does not seem the time to go full free to play (laughs) especially with all these new consoles coming out and people just starving for any experience and they will pay for it um, I wonder if this is made by these these somewhat lackluster sales, at least rumored, of like Watch Dogs Legion. Because mm. um, I don't know how well that game sold exactly, but the the overall feeling toward that game was underwhelming. Yeah. And I wonder if they look at things like that and go, well, if we had made Watch Dogs free to play, could we have made more money back on whales, on microtransactions or whatever? Yeah. I don't know that they could have, um, but who knows? Yeah, I was, I'm just looking for 
something they could do that's like novel in the free to play space. Yeah. At this point, your battle royale shooters are pretty much burned out or not burned yeah. out, but you, you're not getting into that space and no, succeeding. No, you this have point. your core. Like what? I'm just curious what is left to do, and we're not developers. Maybe they have some harebrained <laughs> idea that's going to set the world on fire. We don't yeah. really know. But until such time, I'm approaching this with sadness that this could potentially be replacing a pretty good every other year exclusive or not exclusive, but an IP coming out of yeah. Ubisoft. And like we both have fondness for certain Ubisoft IP yeah. and actually historically. Yeah. I just don't know if I want to see the next big Assassin's Creed game be free to play or the no. next big far cry game or whatever. It just sounds it, free to play. Just the term free to play has such a stigma about it to people like you and me mm-hmm. where we know what that means from a gameplay standpoint. Like, it's weird to me because uh, coming back to my playing of 2K, there are microtransactions all over that game. Yeah. And people complain about it, and I get it, but I think most sports games are following that model now. Um, that being said, that was still... You can get everything you can get in that game by just grinding mm-hmm. if you want. And I buy those games to have something to just, like, no-brain grind yeah. and just, like, relax. So for me, it's perfect. Um, and I don't know why they can't... If you really want microtransactions that badly... And maybe this is a bad PR move, but like, what's the difference between having grindable currency or whatever, which they already had, by the way, Assassin's Creed had it. Um, I know some of their other properties have had like tokens and things they can buy, you know, weapons with or skins or whatever. I don't understand why you wouldn't just keep going down that road as opposed to going full free to play. I don't really get it. Yeah. And the implication behind the business model of free to play that the point of this game is that they want to suck you into the point where you're going to continually right you pay them dive into these microtransactions over time and have i certainly poured more value into a game like Fortnite than i would pay for a single player triple a game absolutely i've i've probably spent double at least hmm. over time yeah. on cosmetics in Fortnite sure. i haven't done that in a long time though i got out it's yeah. like getting out of a multi-level marketing scheme. I'm like, you can't get me anymore. <laughs> right. It seems like everybody has maybe one or two of those experiences, but I don't know very many people who have several, yeah. right? Like, I don't know that I've ever really had the full microtransaction thing. Maybe when I was little and like Little Big Planet 2 with all the skins, I loved those and that was like a Christmas present and stuff. But even then, like Rocket League, I'll buy the Battle Pass sometimes, but it's very like hit or miss for me. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't think... If everybody starts going free to play, I don't think those same type of whale people who spend a ton of money in your game are going to exist across the board for every game. Yeah. So, all right, Tanner, we shall move along. Wait, is there a fat lip happening? Is there a fat lip? Oh, are we done? We're done with the news. I was like waiting for them to kick in the door. This is uh, this is the the podcast within a podcast. This is. Uh, crazy shit I found on Reset Era. Uh, It's a bit of a weird one today, um, mainly because I think this isn't the craziest stuff we've covered, Okay, but it's an interesting question that people have taken a weird way. So the the initial post, which I don't think is that bad, uh, are there any games that you've played many hours of but don't love? This is from Todd Gonzalez. (laughs) Uh, was just scrolling through my game library on PS5 and was shocked to see that I've played over 100 hours of Fortnite. I think the game can be decent a decent way to pass the time, and I have friends that play, but that's about it for me. I wouldn't call it a game I really love or anything, just something to throw on if I'm bored or not sure what else to play. Do you have any games that you've played a lot but you don't necessarily love, and why did you sink so many hours into them? Someone said, probably Dota 2, 
thousands of hours before I quit, I think I've I think it's been overall a slight negative on my life. <laughs> it's like how do you get thousands to that point? Thousands of hours. Wow. Uh, this one's from Highlander CZ. Sadly, I poured 500 hours into Fallout 4. I don't even know why because I kind of hate it. <laughs> and it's like get out. <laughs> like I don't understand. There's no shame. No, I don't understand this and listen, I've gotten to points other people have pointed to things like Overwatch and and those kind of games which I agree with. I really loved Overwatch for a time, but even some of those comments were like I was really into Overwatch and then I just kept playing and I lost love for it, but I just kept playing, right? I get that. But this sort of it was a negative on my life and I played thousands of hours yeah. of it is is kind of bizarre to me. Well, there's something to be said about if there is something that you're trying to attain at the end of this thousands of hours journey. Yeah. And the initial example, because I was like, there have been plenty of platinum grinds that weren't necessarily sure. enjoyable. That's true. But the platinum is at least there. And even then at the end, you can get the platinum and think, that may not have been worth it, but right. at least I have this. Yeah. And, and like, you know, normally, at least for me, I don't platinum grind something if the promise of it at the beginning isn't fun. Right? Yeah. Like, I normally... I have soured to a degree on games I've platinum, but normally if I go for the platinum, that means I'm enjoying the experience enough that, yeah, they're like Rayman Legends is mine, right? Yeah. Where I'd never ended up hating Rayman Legends, even though I am frustrated with one of the trophies, right? I still like that game outside of those weird online trophies. but Yeah, and when you look at like a trophy list, once you decide whether you're going to go for the platinum or not, and you see a trophy is like, win 4,000 online matches. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. You're like, never mind. Yeah. Uh, Another one for you. Okay. Uh, this is from user Das Fool, uh, whose picture is uh, the one guy from Seinfeld. Uh, Kramer? No. Uh, which one? What, describe the, the, the person. The balding glasses guy. Jason Alexander is his real name. Why can't I think of his character's name? Oh, my goodness. I, Hold on. My We're brain pausing just, this podcast. My brain just keeps saying Jerry. <laughs> That's Seinfeld. We're not moving on until we I mean, think of his name. Not, yeah, I know. It's not Newman. It's no. not Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh my goodness! Why can't I think? His real name is Jason Alexander. I know his real name. Holy crap! We're both Seinfeld enthusiasts. I, you more than I, but I've seen a few episodes. Why can't I, can I think? True. Why can I not think of his name? Jerry, Elaine, Kramer, <laughs> Jason Alexander. Crap! What what is happening to us? <laughs> All right, you can look it up if you have to. This is really bothering me. No, we're going to get this. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to show... His name is... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> showing the video version. That showed up way better than I expected. Holy crap. Why can I not think of... It's the fourth member of the Seinfeld crew. It's the second biggest yeah. character in the show. His name is... <laughs> oh, no. And then because Curb Your Enthusiasm is sort of about his sort of character in a nebulous way yeah this is horrible all right i'm gonna have to look all right this is uh i'm disappointed in us i am too newman's a character that we didn't yeah i forget you don't watch. you didn't watch a ton of science no i've seen i didn't either but like i the what i've seen is just very 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 clever oh Oh my god (laughs) what is it it's george 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 costanza (laughs) yeah my, that, that was the weird thing. I couldn't get past Jerry. I was zeroing in on the first name when it was the last name that was yeah. the distinguisher. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, whatever. His, his picture is uh, of, of George Costanza, Das Fool. Again, another situation where the post itself isn't bad, but the comments might be. 
Uh, in your eyes, games that were one step away from perfection. Lately, I've been thinking about the titles that should have been 100% slam dunks in terms of quality, but were one crucial element away from landing in the classic territory. If you have any examples, I'd like to read about this as well. Now, I should set that he sort of, or should say, he set sort of a precedent with two games that I've heard of. Uh, I forget the first game, but the second game was like CrossCode, which are sort of smaller titles that might have been great had they had one pretty, di- pretty like big element changed. Sure. One of the replies from Peter Sjostrand, S J O S T R A N D, Resident Evil Four. Would argue that's already a classic. Sure. People love that game. People do. The one that this is this blew my mind. The one thing I always felt missing was a mode that randomized some of the enemy placements and maybe a couple of item placements as well. The reason being that I played through the game so many times that it isn't very challenging anymore. Playing it and suddenly having something like, say, Dr. Salvador, I don't know who that is, but show up somewhere you wouldn't expect would pretty much make the game endlessly replayable for me. So you've played the game so many times that you found this weird niche <laughs> complaint to have about yeah. it. Like there, there are, and I know people do this for Resident Evil games, a buddy of mine, J-Rock, streams them. They do randomizers. So yeah. like Link to the Past is one of the games that gets randomized a lot. Um, where they just place everything in different spots. Just play one of those. Just go find an RE4 randomizer. I don't know why that's RE4's fault. That's a strange complaint. Uh, Breath of the Wild would be one of my favorite games ever if the game had diversity and shrine aesthetics and some kind of camera quick turn system. That's really what's breaking Breath of the Wild for you? Press one of the shoulder buttons to automatically turn the camera 90 degrees or toward you or something instead of having to take your... thumb off the face buttons to the right analog stick what? why like <laughs> why is what is the utility that makes it not perfect I, what is the utility in breath of the wild specifically like that that would have i don't know, I don't know it's not any, a quick combat which game. is funny because <clears throat> the one game that i can instantly think of that has that mechanic is, is the, the last, last of us, us and you never, never use it. it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and this last person molten says breath of the wild if it didn't have those stupid motion control puzzles which there are like two, <laughs> and they're shrines, and they're not hard. <laughs> yeah. Reset Air is a fun place, man. It is. They got some interesting characters over there. Yeah. Tanner, let's move yes. on to our big topic of the day. All right. And in honor of a sports phenomenon that we quite enjoy. Okay. Where two unique scores happen. Uh-huh. We're calling this segment the first ever Scoragami. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, if you should you tell, should we tell them what scoragami? So is? a scoragami. <laughs> I love this. It's typically we consider it in football. Yeah. Um, There's a Twitter that's at NFL scoragami. I think. Yeah. Is when a final score happens in a game that has never occurred before. Like right. There's and you, there's a list of like scores that you can go look up. Like I don't think there's ever been like a. 29 to 26 or something random like that and if you know football scoring you know that is a weird those are weird numbers right so the reason scoragami works in uh, this is an aside but it's fun Uh, the reason scoragami which i think was popularized by john boys of sb nation that's Mm. where i first heard of it uh and he basically said the way he explained it was like nfl score specifically you can normally score in football in an increment of two three six seven that's basically it. Well, two, three, and six, and then one for extra points. Yeah. But they all kind of fit together as Lego blocks, right? So certain orientations of those blocks are more common than others. 
And so because of the set nature of NFL scoring, you can only score so many points in different ways. You can't have like a zero to one game is impossible. Correct. Um, so there are certain impossibilities mathematically and there's certain very improbabilities and scorigami happens when one of those improbabilities happens. Now, that being said, that is a way more convoluted explanation for the segment that we are going to do, which is just, we're going to give our scores for some games. Yes. So and Tanner went the extra mile. Yeah. So you asked me to assemble a list of games we both played. Now, uh, the easiest way I thought of doing this was to go to our PlayStation trophies. PlayStation has a feature where you can compare trophies between two people. So I pulled basically any game where we had nearly equivalent trophy levels or games that I know we've both played. Sure. Um, and this was just a good reminder of ones that we've both played. Now, I have 73 games. Yeah. Uh, we can kind of fly through these if you want, or we can take our time. doesn't really matter. Some of these will definitely be flown through. Sure. Uh, I have given mine all scores already, by the oh, way. okay. Uh, all on the 100-point <coughs> scale, as you love. I do. And these are sorted not by time when we played them, which is how they initially sorted, but rather alphabetically. Okay. So, the first game that you and I have both played some time of. Also, we should clarify, this is just PlayStation games. So, we'll get into a few other games at the end, probably. Yeah, Jay has some, some extra ones, but obviously, going back, it's harder to tell like what we both played as kids and how that affects our scores. So, this is everything that has tro- has had trophies since we both mainly play on PlayStation. And I will say, sort of the purpose that I wanted to give behind this segment is how we mentioned in a prior episode, we want to sort of give you out there an idea of how we interpret the quality of games. Right. So if we ever recommend a game, you could look at something like this and say, oh, they like this game, not that game, yeah. and frame our opinions in a better light. Yeah, that was the reason we pitched it, because we, we obviously preach the... You should follow certain people who you agree with more le- more often than, than not. Yeah. So we're giving you a basis of work review wise. Exactly. To, to, to uh, review yourself. So the first up, you want to guess what's first alphabetically? Uh, I, I'm guessing it just starts with the letter A, like it the does. word, like just the word A. No, no, no. Oh, then I don't know. Apex Legends. Oh, I don't have enough. I don't think of a time spent in okay. that game although it looks cool plays well i couldn't score it personally uh i gave apex an eight and a half okay i would have probably given it lower score if not for this sort of renaissance winter that i had with it sure and really dug deep into some of its systems i think it's one of the best battle royales made okay number two assassin's creed 4 black flag okay now we're talking uh whew, that's a tough one it is because I definitely think it's hard to retroactively score some of these games. Because, like, I would have given Assassin's Creed 2, like, a 9 back in the day. Right. But I think over time, I would say it has been lessened slightly. Sure. So, which makes me then think something like Black Flag. My gut is pulling me towards, like, an 8.2. Okay. Something like that. I gave it a 7.5. Okay. Um, the reason being, as I was going, I was realizing that... My, I sort of did a gut check reaction of just like putting a score in. And as I went through, I was like, man, I just have a lot of eights. Yeah. And so I, I kind of went through and was like, which game's better? Which game stuck with me more? Uh, That's I really, true. I really like Black Flag. I tried to kind of rate this both on what I would give it if I were writing for like an IGN or whatever, like a critical side and my personal side to it. So there are games that I love here that aren't the greatest games. So I would normally score them a little bit lower. Um, I like Black Flag a lot looking back at it with things like Odyssey now, yeah. Odyssey just does everything Black Flag does better, in my opinion. Except she, Sea Shanties. 
That's true. The sea shanties were great. And that's what um, I was thinking about. There's a unique charm to Black Flag sure. that a lot of the other Assassin's Creed just don't have. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I liked Odyssey more, so. Yeah. All right. Next up, a trilogy of games you and I both love. First up, Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, God. Okay. Asylum yeah. is going to have to be... Oh, that's tough. It is. And again, I had mentioned that I've sort of retroactively soured on the Arkham games as well. Yeah, I, I will say I am grading them as I'm grading them today. It's hard to go back and say what I would have given them when I first played them. I think Arkham Asylum is like an 8.6. I gave it an 8.4. Yeah, okay. Because the next game in the list, Arkham City, I think does everything Asylum did better. Yeah, I think City is like an even 9. Is what I really? Would give it. I gave it a 9.7. Really? I think it's one of the best superhero games ever. Wow. So for what it was going for, that was another part of my scoring was like, for what you're going for, how well did you execute? Yeah. I really like City a lot. I've I've grown more on City as the clear and away best game of that trilogy. I agree with that. And because of that, I just I wanted to give it something like really high. 9.7 might be a little high, but I really like that game mm. a lot. Which uh, leads into logically. Arkham Knight. Oh, baby. That's a toughie. I gave this game a 7.5. Okay. Uh, I think a lot about it is of 8 quality. Um, something that I would really recommend, but thinking about it and thinking about that tank section and thinking about the story point that was obvious that ended up being obvious. Such and a missed opportunity. Yeah, there, there are several. That's a good way to describe that game overall. Yeah. There are several missed opportunities um, and I think it's the worst of the series. I think it's... Of that trilogy, sorry. Marginally the worst. Because mm. um, it is technically... Oh, it's beautiful. Far and away, like, an upgrade over both of the prior twos, really. Yes, agreed. Um, so I think I would lean somewhere... I think that I'll come down as, like, an 8-4. Okay. Uh, I'm going to respect it for what it is and some of the things that it did. But, God, could have been such a better game. I know. And they had everything there. Yeah. Okay, one thing, a game that you might not think about anymore that we were both into for a bit, Battlefield 1. Oh. Yeah. I gave this an 8. Yeah. Uh, simply because the single player has not stuck with me at all. No, me neither. But there was a wonderful aspect of that game, which was just how beautiful the game was. One of the best looking early PS4 games, or whenever that came out. Best looking PS4 games at the time it came out. Uh, playing it multiplayer with you and Andrew was an amazing time. Yep. I, I love playing so much of that game multiplayer. And it really has a feel that another game that I, I haven't replicated that experience of sort of the slower, more uh, sort of thinking man's shooter, I guess, yeah. uh, as opposed to Call of Duty, which is a lot more run and gun. Like, I I really loved this, the, the strategic side of that game and, like, planning your loadout and knowing where to go and going to a sniper's nest or wherever. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I think that... This is a game that, for me, was primarily enjoyable only because I was able to play it with you guys. Yeah, that makes sense. So if I were judging it just as a game on its own merits that I were just playing, I think I would give it like a 7.8. Okay. Something like that. Sure. A good, competent shooter, cool historical period, but yeah. not one that I would sit down and enjoy frequently on my own. Right. That makes sense. Now a game you do enjoy. Oh, really? Bioshock. Oh... Wow. Now here's where this is this conversation was going to have to happen. Okay. In that what constitutes a 10? Yeah. So I gave it a 10. Yeah. Um for a couple of different reasons. One 
it has sort of the you know the the acumen behind it it has sort of a legend to it now of the people who played it then and people always bring it up in the greatest games conversations and it was so nice for that to all feel justified playing it for the first time with the remasters um and i was so pleasantly surprised you would think there wouldn't be anything surprising about bioshock playing it you know, 10 years after yeah. it came out or whatever. But I was so surprised with so many turns of that game. Granted, the final boss fight isn't great. Yeah, that is really um, my only knock on the game. But that is the only knock. Like, the environment's great. The music is great. The, the feeling of that game, the story, the writing, the combat. I love everything about that game. Yeah, there's not much to pick apart there. And my, I'm going to say that a 10 is not necessarily a perfect game. Sure. But it does something or some things at such a unique and high level or in, in an impactful way yeah. that I'm compelled to give it the highest score. And I think I have to give that to Bioshock as well. Mm. I have to give it a 10. I love that game so much. Next up, Bioshock 2. Now. <laughs> I think we're going to differ a little bit on this one. It's still a great game. Yes. However, not nearly the staying power of one in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would give two like an eight point seven. I gave it a nine five. Okay. I really like Bioshock. You were definitely too. one of the bigger proponents. I think I think it is the sleeper game of that series. Um just sort of the way they do the antagonist, I, I forget her name now, but uh she is great as just the sort of anti foil to what one was. Um the the combat still feels great. The added thing of like some of the harder enemies um, obviously, the the DLC that Steve Gaynor wrote that would later go on to write Gone Home. Um, I and the thing I love about this game most that it isn't as prominent in Bioshock One is there are audio logs where, and I've talked about this before, but in the audio logs that you can pick up throughout the game, the collectibles, there are stories that only happen basically in those audio logs, yeah. as opposed to stories about you know characters you're experiencing. Uh, one of my favorite being. There's a story about a dad who doesn't want his daughter to become a little sister, I think. And you kind of hear that sort of him dealing with that happening. It's been a long time since I played it, so I'm sorry if I'm messing up any details. But there's a room that you can find the last one of those in that is like him on the floor. Yeah. And if you haven't been paying attention, you have no idea who this guy is. But if you have, it's tragic. It's almost uh, Ishmael-esque from The Last of Us. That was the us. example so, that, I was in, that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, there are little details like that that I absolutely love, and, and that world is just so fun to explore. Bioshock Infinite. This one is tough again, but I'm I'm led to a straight down the middle nine mm. for Infinite, um, because the gameplay to me is a step backwards in certain ways. Okay, but this and the story is revelatory, but also harder to understand mm. and wrap your head around. So it's it's a thinking man's game for sure. sure. And but still just executed at such a high level that has to get on the higher echelon of I'm, scores. I may surprise you here, but I've given it a 10. Really? I the further I get removed from that game, the more I love it. Yeah. It was the first BioShock I played. I played it before the remasters um the same year the last of us came out and gone home and like 2013's an amazing gaming GTA. year. GTA. Uh <laughs> And I, at first I thought like, oh, that game was amazing. There's some, sometimes the games are the memories we make with them, right? And one of the memories I have most is staying up all night, playing it in my bedroom. There's a computer I had in my bedroom. I put it on PC and 
witnessing the the end moments of those games at like 5 a.m. when the sun was coming up and just like the revelatory like what the fuck did I just experience I never experienced a game like that it was similar to like some of the movies that I loved with just like the twists and turns and and just that experience I get the combat's not as good I get it um but I really I love the setting of Columbia oh yeah I think it's fascinating um and something that I think has influenced my love of like turn of the century history that's something that i'm still super interested in um so yeah for me personally it's a 10 i understand that critically it may not be i think that what's interesting about that game in my head is that that game pretty much exists in my mind only as the beginning of the game and the end of the game Mm. the middle is completely muddled that's i haven't played it in a long time yeah but to me the beginning of that game is like oh it's so good incredible yeah and among the most atmospheric you know enriching like ways to enter a game ever yeah and then the end which is a complete like bullet through Mind your brain fuck. yeah like, i love it don't remember uh daisy fitzroy and the vox popular i remember them vaguely do you remember and uh, i remember the lutes twins and oh like, i love the lutes twins one of my walking, favorite characters in any games ever. and seeing that like uh barbershop quartet singing uh uh if i only had eyes for you is that it something like if that. i only had eyes it's a beach boys song whatever they're saying. god only knows. god only knows what that's, that's, what it is. that's it um, and then there's also the the sounds of silence guys. Oh yeah, with the big like horns the on portal, their head. The portal that has fortunate sun coming out of it. Yeah, God, what a game. <laughs> uh, next up, a game that we're probably not going to talk about very long because it's pretty consensus. Bloodborne. Ten. Ten. Uh, I, I had written down. So I had just written down a few games that I thought would have made for interesting conversation. Yeah, and I was wondering if you would give Bloodborne a ten. Oh, easily. For me, Bloodborne is the most foreboding mm. challenging like game in like you know challenging in the sense of like challenges you mentally and is challenging in and of itself like yeah so incredible uh bloodborne is one of my favorite journeys with a game i've ever had because i tried it quit it tried it quit it on the third try it clicked and i've been chasing that high in so yep. many games ever since so uh yeah, the atmosphere i've come to love souls games and honestly would I love Souls games if I didn't do them as a streaming experience? I'm not sure, but they are some of my favorite games ever to stream because there is a there is an elation mm-hmm. that not only comes from you when you beat a boss, but also from everyone in chat just going yeah. like, "Yeah, we did it, whatever." Um, so, and I've I've met some really cool people through that community as well. So, yeah, Bloodborne is inarguably a ten in my head. Call of Duty Black Ops one. Yeah, I only did Black Ops one and two because we had a lot of Call of Duties in common. Sure, and these are the ones that I know the most of. Uh. Black Ops One is what I would is one of them that I would dub one of the good ones. Yes, uh, which means it's an eight. <laughs> That's where my uh, brain went. For me, it means it's like an eight five. Okay, because uh, there are there are a couple Call of Duties that break into the nines or higher, mm. uh, but maybe just two like yeah. Call of Duties ever could breach that threshold. Right, and Black Ops is just in the tier below that. Black Ops Two. I would say even a tier below that. Mm. I think Black Ops Two is like an eight two or like. See, I yeah. gave it an I gave it an eight three. I like Black okay. Ops Two a little bit more. Black, than Black Ops Two is really 1. good. I have more fond memories with that game, and that's why. But maybe one of these days we'll do like a tier list of Call of Duties. Oh might, god, that'd be a good idea. All right, uh, next up, we are on game thirteen. If you're curious, Control. I had written down Control as well because I thought that would be a fun one. I was I was looking. Yeah. Right. And I had platinumed Control, 
And then you, did you get the platinum? I did. You had platinum to control ultimate edition. Correct. Are they separate trophy lists? I suppose they are. Because when I saw my control stat, you had like 2%. So I don't know exactly what is going on. It was like PS4 versus PS5, I guess. Yeah, But I they're guess so. separate depending on the console. Yeah. So could I go re-platinum control is my question. But then the question is, do you really want to? I don't know. Uh, because I, I'm pretty sure I remember this quote exactly verbatim as you said it once, that, that control is maybe the most forgettable nine yes. you've ever played. Yeah. I've actually moved it down to an eight now. I was, I was going to say. Because of that. Um, yeah, that's what that's the one sentence I remember saying about it at the time because there are certain aspects of the game that are so fucking cool yeah. and so good and so well done, and then a lot of it is just kind of bland. Yeah, it's weird. There are really, it's like they chose very specific moments to have lots of character, and everything True. else was just kind of filler between those moments, which I understand. But I think that my biggest critique with Control is the enemy diversity is not very good at all. That's fair. Um, but when I think about it, the character of the, the oldest house itself. Oh, it's so cool. Is where a lot of that sort of energy was probably channeled into. Yes. Um, just the random things that you stumble across the room full of clocks. Yeah. Like the maze that you fly. The ashtray like, maze. Oh my oh God. My, like some that's, of those moments are incredible. That section's amazing. And if the game were mostly that stuff, it would be a nine or oh, higher. Without a doubt. But I think I'm thinking like an eight, three for control really really solid game just missing some character and panache yes in from the characters themselves yeah because i i agree with you the best character in that game is the house yeah um and, and I, the hotel yeah oh god that hotel's so cool like the the fundamental basis of that game is so much cooler than any of the actual like characters in the game it's so weird um I will say, though, a sequel would be awesome. Yeah. I'd be very excited for a sequel. And I think it's one of the few games that I wish had gotten sort of the Miles Morales treatment. Had it been shorter, sure, I think it would have been a lot more lovable because just some of the extended, like, you know, combat missions might have been. That's true. The last boss was really weird. The last boss was almost not even a boss. It, yeah, was, just it was just kind of a rush rooms of normal of enemies. enemies. Yeah. Okay, next up, an interesting one. Dark Souls 3. Oh, Dark Souls 3 is like a, it's very good, has some of the best bosses in the entire Souls series, has some of the combat adoptions from Bloodborne, it's a little quicker. You can make your character basically Bloodborne-esque if you choose. Yeah. I think I'm leaning like an 8-8 on Dark Souls 3. I gave it a 7-7, interestingly. Um, not my favorite, but I have warmed on that game quite a bit. There, there are problems I have with it, specifically the gimmick fights. Yeah. That is the, because Bloodborne doesn't, to my knowledge, have a gimmick fight, which is, if if you're not familiar with the series, something that is not an actual boss combat itself, but rather there's some little gimmick to it to beat the boss. I think you could argue that there's at least one, which is the Witches of Hemwick, but even then it's sort of... But it's not like you're using an item to do it sure. or like Yorm is the is the Dark Souls 3 gimmick boss that made me want to tear my hair out <laughs> because I had never been introduced to that before. So seeing that, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Um, now, having played more of those types of games and more of the FromSoft games, I like it more. I still don't know where this is going to end up overall, but right now as it sits, it's like right below an 8 for me Sure, because there was some part of it that I didn't really like. But some of the bosses are amazing. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls the re well yes 
I'm right. I'm ranking the or rating the reboot. We're both re, re yeah. We're both rating the remake. remake. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is more indicative of the actual game yeah. than the remake itself. I gave it a seven. Wow. I'm not a huge fan of this game after the fact. The more, I, the further I get away from it, the more I realize it was just kind of. It laid the groundwork, but it was like, eh. I, I feel so eh toward it all. Because of the... Except for Lothria, or the Tower. Quality and fidelity of the remake, and because the Tower of Lachia was so good. I think yeah. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. I really still liked it, but... I enjoyed it. I, again, like, clearly demonstrated I have a more of an infatuation with the Souls games as a whole. Sure, yeah. Um, it, It's still on the lesser of the Souls series, among the lesser. Yeah, it's so, my least favorite that I've played so far. Destiny. One. Yes. So vanilla destiny. What? Or That's just... the thing. How are we going to grade it? So if we rate, if we grade one of them as vanilla, we have to grade both of them as vanilla. Yeah, we do. Don't so we? destiny and destiny two both experienced vast improvements from the DLC. Yeah. So I gave them both eights at launch. At launch, yes. Oh, Destiny One at launch is not an eight, in my really? opinion. Really, I love Destiny One at launch. The I, I story loved it. was shit. I mean, but it was fun, but it was. I was a freshman in college. I was just when Destiny One came out. I think so. I remember playing Destiny One in my dorm room. Uh, mm, I thought I was a freshman in college when Destiny One came out. Well, I guess it came out in 2014, right? Which would have been my or maybe my but, sophomore well, year. But two didn't come out until 2016, right? So it had to have been one. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah. I poured way many more hours into this game than it deserved at yes. first. Um, but even still, I think I give Vanilla Destiny One like a seven point two. Okay. Uh, still good, still competent, but was absolutely thirsty for any better, deeper content. Sure. I think I tie a lot of the fun of like the loot cave yeah. and just the random quirks of that early destiny experience to giving it an eight and destiny two is is kind of the same in my brain was kind of the same experience at, at launch so um yeah destiny one was 2014 okay yeah destiny it. two i would give about an eight at launch for That's sure true. i definitely think it was more robust of an experience than the first one yes but i also think lacked some of that weird charm that destiny yeah. one had an interesting one to try to give a score to fall guys yeah, that is tough. Um, I think for what it is, it succeeds incredibly well. Yeah. And I think my gut is like an 8.2. Like, yeah, I gave it an 8. Just rock solid fun. But obviously, you c- could a game like Fall Guys even be a 10? You know? like I don't yeah, know if I could ever give lot. it that. And I, I think the thing that's hampering Fall Guys for me is that it kind of got stale very quickly. Yeah. Like, I wish they had added more... St- I understand they're doing that now with Seasons. Like, I played some recently. It's pretty good. But they should have been updating stuff weekly or monthly at least. Like, the first month was great, and then it was like, oh, it's just these same games over and over again. Okay, I'm going to move on to something yeah. else. And once a game crushes your soul, you don't really want to go back to it much <laughs> I more. I saw so. that you had 92% of the trophies, and I was like, damn. It sucks. Uh, to go back to the Bethesda discussion earlier, Fallout 4. Okay, so talking about how I was not enamored with it I think leads you to it's not an elite game but it's still very good uh, 
in spite of some of the weird, like it was kind of buggy. It was yeah, not a lot of heart to a lot of the characters. I think a lot of them yeah. were kind of generic. Yeah, the story wasn't super gripping. No, that's uh, like an eight. I think I gave it Pretty a seven five. down the middle. I gave it a seven five because I. I think I had a little bit more expectation maybe than you did That's going in. It was the first Fallout I ever played right. extensively. Knowing Fallout 3 and knowing Fallout New Vegas, I was like, okay, this might be great. And then like the, the things you mentioned were kind of just like, eh, okay. It was a game that I never... It's a game that I want to go back to at some yeah. point. But at the time, didn't have much drive to play, which is weird for an open world. Like you, All you want to do is go explore that kind of game. Um, I felt like I was just kind of running through the motion with it, so... And a, a game I hadn't thought about in a long time, Far Cry 4. Oh. You platinumed this game. I did, because it wasn't very hard. <laughs> right. Um, I saw that and was like, wait, what? <laughs> I had no idea. Far, Far Cry 4 was disappointing. I gave it a 6.5. Yeah. Because Far Cry 3 and Blood Dragon were so good, and 4 was like, Troy Baker's the villain, and that's all I remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything about this game at all. I think I would give it like a 7.4, something okay. like that. Like, it's fine, Like, but it's clearly not on the level of Far Cry 3, which I think I think ever since Far Cry 3, it's just been downhill from there. Not necessarily continually downhill, but just have not reached the highs sure. of that I again. really liked 5 of what I played of it. I enjoyed yeah. 5 a lot. I started 5 and just didn't get deep into it. I like the cult vibe, the Christian cult thing. Firewatch. Ooh. That's a tough one. It is. I spent a lot of time thinking this about this. This is a one. head scratcher. I'm going to give it a 7.9. I gave it a 7.1. Wow. Um, mainly because outside of the first hour, hour and a half, I think that gets prog- – it, it peaks way too early. Yeah. And it just kind of is like, okay, when's it going to get back? Oh, wait, this is a weird story. Wait, what's going on? Yeah. And the only the it looks beautiful. We've talked about the Ali Moss stuff that and like more than just the promotional material. Ali Moss did all the cool book covers mm-hmm. that were like visual puns, and um, there's some really cool writing and some of the found documents and stuff. But I remember more, that game more as the first hour, and then just the promotional stuff, and then I forget the rest of the game. Yeah, see, I remember the having was completely emotionally roused by this game, mm. like, and was. W- desperate for a payoff at the end that yeah. never really came mm-hmm. and they sort of dangled it in front of you and then took it away yeah and i was like compelled a lot by that memory of how gripping that part was but then it is pulled back by the weirdness of everything else <laughs> yeah so that weird like conspiracy yeah. plot is so strange and it just doesn't work for me ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. you know what Oh man, that's tough, actually. Because now we're starting. Now we're starting to get into the point where okay, where I gave Returnal a nine point one last yes. week. I'm sort of having that as my most recent thing in my head. So now I've got to think: Do I like Ghost of Tsushima more or less? Mm. And uh, Ghost of Tsushima is about as complete of a game as you could ever ask for. Yeah, rock solid story. Not like blowing your hair back no but it's just solid right gameplay excellent world beautiful yes it's at least a nine and i'm trying to wonder if i'm gonna creep it any higher i gave it exactly a nine that's what i'm tempted to do and i still haven't finished this game i don't know i need to get back to it at some point because to me there's something i love my experience with it 
a little bit special and unique about Returnal, whereas I think you could argue that there's not a lot special and unique right. about Ghost of Tsushima. It is... It's the old Horizon argument, yeah. which is like, it does everything well. It is the apex of the open-world action third-person. Yeah. Like... Doesn't reinvent the wheel, but exactly. does everything... Does it incredibly well. I'll give it a nine as well. That UI, great. Yeah. The incredible use of UI. 23, God of War. 10, it's baby. A, it's a 10. Unquestionable. Pure, pure vanilla. It's a 10. <laughs> That's a 10. Uh, uh, yeah, not much to talk about there. No. Story. I have a fucking Kratos statue. Yeah, right exactly. There. Story makes you cry. Yep. Combat. Makes you cry. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Uh, beautiful. The music, the soundtrack is oh. so good. The directing of the camera. That's a game where if you, well, there's not a lot, and the game is structured in a way that makes it kind of hard to compare to like other like open world action third person games. Sure. But it does everything better than every other game. Yes. Yeah. Of that ilk. So It's so fucking good. A game that I'm at some point going to replay for yeah. sure. Uh, this will be an interesting one. Gone Home. I knew this would come up. Yeah. I haven't played this game in years. Right. Um, I would give Gone Home something in the... And I will not be offended by whatever you give it, by the way. I mean, it's, I don't feel like... It's that. relatively high, but I think it's like an 8-2. Okay. Um, it is what it is. And I, for me, it's Gone Home... It'd be weird for someone to give Gone Home like a 9.8 to me. <laughs> yeah, you know it's what? either a 10 or it's not. It's either a 10 or it's a little less. Yes, like, I would agree with that, 100%. Because uh, it's... I remember the... That's another game where I'm like, the atmosphere is cool here. Yeah. But the revelations of the story ended up being leaning less into the forebodingness of the atmosphere and you're right. like, what's going on here? Yeah. And it's more of just like the love story that it is. Right. So. Yeah. And for me, it's a 10. I've talked about my love for Gone Home a lot. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, mainly because I, I love... I love games where people are like, don't look anything up. Just go play it. Yeah. And that was one of those experiences that was pre-streaming for me where I just played it in the same bedroom I talked about the Bioshock game in the same year, 2013. Um, what a year, by the way. But I remember just going through the house and I'm like, oh no, this is going to be scary. I don't yeah. like scary games. And then it became this beautiful love story um, with a really cool soundtrack and cool visuals. And I, I just love Gone Home so much. All right. GTA 5. This was harder to score for me than I thought. Yeah. Because I'm not giving it a 10. Me neither. Um, I think I would give something like GTA a 9.5. That is exactly what I gave it. Because, nothing, It's again, this is sort of a, you know, I think we're going to be going back to this point a lot, or at least I do. What, is there a sing, singular thing in GTA 5 that you can point to and like, this game does this better than any other game? Yeah. Not really. Like, to no. me, there's like... The shooting mechanics are bleh. They're rock star, you know? Yeah, they're fine. You're just driving around. The only thing you could argue is that the sum of everything is so huge. Sure, that yeah. That it deserves a high score, and well, it does. and I like some of the, the story beats with the homage the to, like, action movies and shit like and that. Like the I writing that. and the voice acting is all fun. Yes. Now, okay, there is one moment, which is... We could spoil GTA Five. I think so. And this isn't even a main story beat, but, like, when Trevor kidnaps the one dude's wife... Oh, the tennis coach. And then you're driving back with Trevor, and uh, If You Leave Me Now by Chicago plays in the car. And oh, yeah, Trevor's yeah, like, I right. don't want to let her go. I'm like, all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. I'm yeah. like, that's my favorite moment in GTA 5. <laughs> so good. Is that the tennis coach? There's a tennis coach involved at some point. I don't remember. Because you tear down his house with the truck, and you pull down like one of the support beams to yeah. tear his house. I don't remember if it's the same guy. I just love the band Chicago. 
Go listen to Chicago. <laughs> Shout out to Peter Stare. Saturday in the Park. Buena. <laughs> Guacamole. Another game that I anticipated coming up. Yeah. Uh, Guacamole is an 8.6. I gave it a 9.2. Okay. Which isn't that far off. Um, I knew that I'd probably like this more than you did. Uh, one of my first Metroidvanias I ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously has huge wrestling influence that we both like. Uh, the soundtrack's great. The visuals are great. I really like Drinkbox a lot. It's just a quintessentially fun game. Yep. Uh, if you're a fan of retro style games, you've never played Guacamelee. Oh, absolutely, pick it you up. should go do yeah. it. Like one and two, they're both good. Yeah, I never finished two. I, I started. Put, two. I didn't put two on the list because so. I, I couldn't tell. But all right, I'm gonna kind of consolidate them all into one. So Hitman Three. Okay. Hitman Three is an eight point nine. I gave it a nine. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about giving it a nine. So we're right there. Uh, it's another game. It just. For what it is trying to accomplish, it does it incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing like if it were if there were a more fleshed out story that was really good, like in Hitman, it would definitely be higher. Sure. Um, but for the fun, the pure oh, ridiculousness and stupidity yeah. that goes into you know some of the executions of that game, it deserves a lot of credit. It's for a game that's not a sandbox. It's one of the most playground-like experiences Absolutely. where you just... It, it's it's the video game version of when you're a kid and you have your action figures fight each other uh-huh. in all sorts of ways and you can just kind of move these pieces together however you want and usually the game will make it work somehow and I, I, I adore it for that. Uh, Hollow Knight. This is one that I definitely wrote down because I wanted to talk about it. Okay. Now, maybe the most surprised I've ever been that you liked a game. I love Hollow Knight. It's um, so good. Hollow Knight to me is Guacamelee on steroids. Like, sure, no, I agree with that. I gave is, it a ten. By the way, I'm I was tempted, but I don't I don't love it that much. Mm. But I would I I'm gonna give it a nine point six. Nice. Like, it is so fundamentally good. It's so good at everything it tries to do. Yes. It's um, a team of three people. And has an insane amount of content. Like Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Ridiculous. Especially like the Void Heart edition. Yeah, how game. far you can get into it. Um I think the only did that the trackers are like there's not like a real compelling story, I guess. Sure. I didn't need that personally. I didn't but. either. Like just the allure of the atmosphere and digging deeper was enough for me. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I guess there's just something that is an intangible that I can't quite give it a 10, but mm. it's still, it is the best Metroidvania I've ever played. Uh, same for me, I think. And I played quite a bit. Um, and I just, uh, that game is so special. And there's a part of it that's like, you're not even able to quantify, but that was the first time I had had the moment that I hadn't had in probably 15 years. When you're a kid and you play your first big open world game. Yeah. And you're like, Wait, the map is this big? Yeah. I hadn't had that experience in so long until Hollow Knight. Because you do not realize how big that fucking map it is, is ridiculous. until you do. And it's like, wait, what? It's a, it's a mind-boggling size for that game. And it's just beautiful. Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. <laughs> not, let's, not, let's not get our pitchforks out here. Okay. Still a great game. Yes. But it is not... It's, I almost have like a reverse intangible or something that happens to me with Horizon. Okay. Like there's something about Horizon that just 
clicks with me in the wrong way. Like, it's great. Like, it's so fundamentally well made. It's the butt. It's great butt. Yeah. I agree. I gave it an 8. I think like an 8.2 is sort of where I It may be higher than an 8, but when I looked back at all of the PS4 exclusives, it is a tier below the top tier. Yeah. And that, to me, is what made it an 8. Like, it's there's something... And maybe I just need to replay it. Maybe I've just forgotten some of the special moments of it. But yeah, and like all, go ahead. the final boss is terrible, if I remember correctly. What even is the final boss? It's that cultist leader. And then there's just, you get put right, okay. in this little like little ledge circle thing. I could be misremembering this, but it's just very much, he's slowly walking around the whole time. And you're just like walking around just like arrow psh, yeah. arrows spoilers for horizon by the yeah. way i guess which is not it's not just a really. fight yeah. yeah um the real spoiler for horizon we're not going to get into no. because that's where the that's game the shines of that game yeah but even still i could not properly recall the story in detail right me now neither. if you asked me to nope. which is sort of a detriment to the game that it didn't stick quite that well right but i'm looking forward to the next one i'll still me play too. It oh yeah i'm very truly enjoy it. it and i i will say like Giving something an eight means it's a good game. Oh, yeah. I don't want it to sound like that's a negative. But some people are like supremely high on Horizon and yeah. like thinking Horizon is the now one of like the preeminent you know exclusives yeah. out there. Which I don't know that I would quite go as far as to say that. A game that you would love to become that once again, Infamous. Infamous one. Yeah, which is my favorite. I'm gonna give. Oh no. Okay. See, now I have to have the I have the internal wrestling match of. <laughs> comparing the scores to other games and like I just gave Hollow Knight a 9.6 so it's like and I guess these scores are neither entirely subjective nor entirely objective right. they're somewhere it's in, in the, the middle, middle. Yeah. But Can I have another beer by the way? Sure I think I have to give Infamous 1 I guess I'm just going to do it I'm going to give it a 9.7 Thank you I'll give it a little nod higher Interesting, okay because it has that style to it the comic book cutscenes, yeah the cool story twist the uniqueness of just being a, an electric superhero like yeah. being able to pull electricity from things like it was such a novel idea um i absolutely adore infamous so i gave it a 9.3 okay so i'm not too far off i will say infamous one i remember more of and infamous two i'm pretty sure i played part of with hank Oh. at Hank's house because I looked at my trophy percent and I had 1% of trophies. I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I've played this game and I realized it was in his attic like sort of passing the controller back. That's how I first played uh, Arkham Asylum as well. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I gave Infamous 1 a 9.3. I gave Infamous 2 an 8.7. Yeah, that's probably... I'd probably give it like an 8.8 8 or mm. 8.9. The concept's so there. good. Um, it just got a little too muddled with the different types of I forget what they're called in Infamous, but like the people who have the potential to have superpowers. Yeah. Oh, what are they called? Conduits. Yes. Um, like the conduits with different powers and like so all of a sudden half the world are conduits, but <laughs> you don't like, they don't have a way to activate their powers. Um, and the beast is like kind of a weird enemy. He's just kind of there. And then the fact that they changed his voice actor, the, the, yeah, it still bothers me. The I don't get it. The dichotomy of the endings. Like I like one ending. I don't like the other. Right. Like it's just a overbloated version of infamous. Infamous mm. one was very streamlined. I think in a lot of ways, infamous second son, 
a game I have soured on quite a bit. Yeah. I gave it a 6.8. I'm going to give it a 7.8. That's okay. actually where I was uh, coming at it from. Because it's still fundamentally a good game. Uh, beautiful still. Really? Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. It. it still looks great. Mm. Um, plays silky smooth. Has some cool elements to it. I think Infamous First Light is actually the better sort of yeah i need to play that at some point variant of that game i never played that uh, festival of blood but yeah delson not a great character in no. spite of being voiced by troy baker that's one of his misses yeah uh well maybe not his not fault. his misses right. necessarily but misses of, of use, misses, yeah. misuses of him yes and the villain was boring and you can kill your like indigenous grandma <laughs> if you choose that's right god so. i forgot about that yeah, there were some cool parts about it. Seattle was a cool, or whatever they called fake Seattle, yeah. was cool, um, but it is just a game that has not stuck with me in any regard. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's almost a seven. Injustice, one. I'm not going to count two because I didn't play enough of two. Oh, that's, oh, that's interesting. I almost gave it, I almost said an eight, but I'm not going to give it. I'm gonna I gave give it a 7.5. I was going to say 7.4. Whoa. Yeah. It's just pretty it's a good, good game. It's a good fighting game. Yeah. Uh, I think anything, for my taste, anything above a seven even is good. Uh-huh. Like, six is decent. Five is where you start to get, like, really bad. Um, now, this is... We don't have to do this one, but just Jackbox oh. as a whole. That's... Yeah, I don't know even how to do that, but... I gave just the... The concept of Jackbox. Yeah, I gave it a ten just because it's changed. Party I guess scenarios. I would give it like a nine, like because across the board it just provides so much entertainment value. Yeah, a game you and I are both fond of, Killzone Shadowfall. I mean, we're fond of it, yes. <laughs> That's why I phrase it that way. But I was, I never even finished the single player. Nor did uh, I. And yeah, I'm gonna give it a. Seven point nine. I gave it a seven point eight. All right, yeah, We're right in the same ballpark there. Minecraft. <laughs> you sounded like a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said ten reflexively. It is a ten, I think. I, I, I think you can very easily make the argument. Yeah, nothing, I'm, nothing's like it. I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Okay, like reason being. First of all, a nine point five is a round-ish, like. I'm giving it a half point increment because I feel like you could wiggle me up or down a little bit. Yeah. You can always wiggle me up or down. I don't know. That's just something fundamentally enticing about going into this world and surviving that's a really fun, unique experience in Minecraft. Yeah. But it's also something intangible about it doesn't grip me emotionally in any way. That's fair. It's not scary enough when you go deep down into a cave. (laughs) It's not like exciting enough when you finally build your house like right. something like that I don't know it's supremely good and it does what it it's so zen man I love how zen it is and No Man's Sky okay excuse me didn't play a ton of it and never have gone back to it post updates okay. so my score would be based on what I played of it originally and that would be like a oh a six I was thinking like a six point <laughs> Seven or something like that. Yeah. See, I gave it an eight, but I am someone who came back to it. Yeah. And I think this is different than the Destiny argument because Destiny, a lot of that was DLC. Oh, yeah. No Man's Sky was free updates. So I think having gone back to it, I saw the appeal of it. And it's still a game that I will watch streams of from time to time. Um, I enjoy that game now. Finally. Good for them, by the way. For oh, yeah. Turning that around. Kudos. Another hard one to rate. Overwatch. Eight. I gave it eight and a half. 
Mm. I spent a lot of time with that game, and I think that made me probably at some point think higher of it, and now think maybe less of it. So I'm I'm right at an eight and a half. Too. Yeah, it's just very solid. Uh, yeah, but never drew me in. Not a ton of potential to keep playing. No, or not a ton of uh, reason to keep playing. Sorry. Exactly. Incentive. Peggle two. Ten. Yes, like, I gave, I gave it a ten too. It's for what it is. Exactly, it is quintessential fun. Like it is just the yes. perfect little arcade game that yeah. you just love to go back and play. Like it's, I could still go back and play it and have fun, even though I could have gotten the platinum like eighteen times by now, probably. <laughs> One of my favorite trophy grinds ever, passing the controller yeah. door. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. I didn't play enough of it, but okay, I I, I saw it on there. Yeah. I touched it. I, I am one of probably the larger proponents of this game, and I gave it a six and a half. So <laughs> if that tells you anything, there's there's a lot of potential there, and I think I liked it for the potential. I got the fucking platinum, and that was my first ever platinum was that game. Ratchet and Clank. The 2016. Yes. Another one that I didn't play enough and don't really feel comfortable giving it a score. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to like yeah. put a stamp on that or not. I gave it a nine. Red Dead 2. Ten. Ten, agreed. Uh, the story was great. The world is incredible. Arthur Morgan is just a Mount Rushmore of video game protagonists like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. type. Sure. So fun. So good on every level. Yes. Uh, I can't say any more than that. Rezogun. <sighs> Not my kind <laughs> Enjoy of that game. Audio listeners. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. It's just a very long one. Not my kind of game. Uh-huh. But I respect it for what it is. Yep. And... I'm kind of retroactively giving Housemark games more credit because of how much I love <laughs> like Returnal. Eternal, yeah. I think Rezogun is like an eight for me. I gave it an eight and a half. Yeah. It is also not my kind of game, but it's the only type of that type of game. It's the only version of that type of game, the twin six shooter that I've ever Even, wanted to play more of and yeah. gone back to multiple yeah. times. I downloaded it when the PS five came out. Cause I just wanted something to have, uh, to just kind of spend some time in. I'm going to skip Returnal for now. Okay. Cause I don't have enough to score it. Just you yet. know, my score 9.1. Rocket League, 10. 10. Undoubtedly. There is no game like it. No. One of the best things I ever heard about Rocket League was no one is good at it inherently. Because it is so, like, racing game fans, you can't be good at it. Sports games fans, you have to learn that game for what it is. And it is also the most, I've played it, like, my buddy Straub, who I play with all the time, he played soccer for a long time. He was like, this is the most a video game has ever felt like a sport. Yeah. Like, from the... You know, communication aspect of it to like missing your shots, taking your shots, knowing where to be. Like it's all it is it is truly an esport, which is so funny because it's car soccer. Yeah. But it works so well. And I, I was playing last night and something kind of clicked in my head where it may be more than any other game that I remember. I I don't feel like I'm taking control of a controller. I feel like I am the car now. Mm. Like, all of the movement is translated. I don't think about a controller being in my hand. I just think about what I want the car to do, and it, and I do it. Sure. Uh, it's almost similar to, like, a Guitar Hero thing, where you kind of, like, zone out to a little bit. Like, your brain kind of drops down in activity for a second, because you just become the thing. Yeah, and I, that, that probably happens with, like, a lot of games where... Sure. You're just... At a certain point, you've played a game enough that you don't think about the buttons you're pushing. But Rocket yeah. League is just, like... I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Th- it's almost like if you ask me what button does something in Rocket League, I couldn't tell you. Until I could you just reflexively do it. Yeah. Uh, a game that you and I, you may not even, I mean, you probably remember this, but 
a game that you and I played together that we don't think we've ever talked about playing together. Saints Row the Third. Oh yeah, <laughs> we played the online together for a little bit. Goodness. And I didn't play a ton of Saints Row the Third. I played more of Saints Row Four, which mm. was that's a game. Yeah, you know. Shoot, I didn't play a lot of Four. Saints Row Three. That's not getting north of an eight. That's getting a. I gave it a seven point nine. <laughs> I'd give it like a 7.3. As someone who platinumed it and loved it at the time, uh, probably doesn't age super well. No. If I had to guess. I don't think any of those those (laughs) games age very well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed my time with it, but Sekiro. This is a tough one. It is. It's very hard. I would not begrudge anyone who gave Sekiro a 10. I love Sekiro. I do too. Best combat in a game. Slightly edging out God of War, as I've said. Yeah. Uh, Sekiro is a nine point six. Oh, I gave it a nine point seven. Yeah, yeah, it's just just a hair below Bloodborne, but I think it's it's easily my favorite of the Souls games I've played since Bloodborne. Yeah, uh, it's just so fast. The combat's so cool. The only dock I gave it was because you have so many repeat boss fights. That's there is the a, only dock I have. There's it. a little bit of repetitiveness, repetitiveness to Sekiro. Yeah, you go back to certain environments that they recycle throughout the story. Yeah, um, but they do it in a cool way. But you could still dock them for saying, "Well, I would have sort of rather just had a whole other area sure. than to come back to this place and it yeah. just looked different." Shovel Knight, nine, ten. Okay, I lo- <laughs> I Shovel Knight's a perfect game for what it is to my to my taste. Skyrim. 10. 9.4. <laughs> uh, I I like Skyrim a lot. I still prefer Fallout 3, and that was kind of the yeah the wrap on it for me. Skyrim for me is absolutely the nostalgic That's yours. giant map yeah. opened up, go explore, playground right. kind of game. And I just prefer uh, the post-apocalypse to fantasy anyway. Yeah. Sound Shapes. Oh. <laughs> Another just completely unique game. Yes. Uh, and really solid, like fundamentally well-made good platformer yeah great trophy uh, list it is a it is a lucrative trophy list yes, it is. Uh, if you game the system properly which i did <laughs> uh which i did but not nearly to the extent that you did yeah um sound shape is like an 8.2 mm, i give it an 8 yeah. it's solid it really is it's very good spider-man 9.2 8.5 for me okay uh, simply because I think now pretty much every aspect I liked about Spider-Man, I like more about Miles Morales. Yeah, I would give... Well, I guess Miles is coming up. It's the I, next it's one. It's the next yes. one. I think I'd give Miles like a 9.4. Okay, I gave it a 9.2, yeah. which is what you gave Spider-Man. So. Yeah, because I think Miles Morales is the more concise, streamlined version of yes. Spider-Man. Some people like Spider-Man more because it is more yeah. verbose, basically, but I prefer the... We're going to give you this great experience in 10 hours. There's probably 20 hours of content all told if you want it. That's it. See ya. It's yeah. like, great. That's all I need. Thank you. Yeah. Um, like, the the things that, I, that are knocks on Spider-Man 1, the story's not as concise, obviously, but also, like, some of the random crime isn't as fun for the trophy. And this is trophy stuff, but... I just prefer Miles Morales. I wish that... And I like Miles more than... Yeah. Either. I think the Miles story is more yeah. inventive and well told but I just wish they hadn't thrown in the whole kitchen sink with Spider-Man 1 
mm. the, or, you know, yeah. Spider-Man PS4. Uh, they threw in a lot of Spider-Man villains and yeah, sort of lore. Yeah, got convoluted. Whereas Miles Morales took a lesser-known villain and elevated them yeah. and sort of did their own unique take in a way that the first one didn't. It was very... first one was very straightforward in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue with Mr. Negative or whatever, but... but that was a red herring for all intents right, and purposes. Right, sure, yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. Star Wars, technically. If you're wondering for alphabetical sake. Um, shoot. Is there, is there anything that can elevate that game in my head? I gave it an eight. I'm teetering around eight, and I'm wondering if I want to dock it a little bit or bump it a little bit. Mm. I think I want to dock it a little bit. It's kind of forgettable in a weird I'm way. I'm going to go seven, eight. Okay. Uh, it's rock solid, and in a it is a Souls-like, pretty yes, much. sure. And... Judging it by that, it is not on the same level as the other Souls games. Yeah. Uh, b- both in combat. And the story is kind of bleh, except for like a particular moment. Right. One moment in that game is awesome. Yeah. One one moment in that game is like transcendently awesome. Like, yeah. But. Star Wars Battlefront. 7.5. I gave it 7.7. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Super hot. I've only recently played some of it. I'm not quite deep enough, but it's. I imagine I've gleaned enough. Yeah, I don't think there's that's one anything of the that once you play, it, you've I've unveiled that's left to unveil about it. Um, like a seven point six. Like it's cool. I gave it an eight point two. You know, I really like that game. Um, but it kind of it does a weird thing where it's super deep, but kind of like short. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like this weird <laughs> sort of like narrow but deep thing where you can keep replaying all the levels if you want in different challenge modes and stuff for the trophies. But at some point you get kind of sick of the levels. Yeah. Um, so that's what's docking it from higher for me. But I love that game a lot. Tales from the Borderlands. I was thinking about this game earlier. And what's funny is that I was kind of thinking about it in reference to GTA 5 in a way. Because GTA 5 was the game that I was, in my head, I was thinking of, GTA 5 doesn't do anything transcendently well. Mm. Tales of the Borderlands does one thing transcendently well, and that is just the writing is phenomenal. It's very good. It is hilarious. It is my favorite Telltale game. I give that an an even 9. I gave it an 8.5. Okay. Uh, It is not my favorite Telltale game, but... I think it was a little bit lower for me just because you and our buddy Skinny we hyped it up, hyped it up a, a lot. And it was still really good. I'm not saying that it made it negative, but there were some really funny moments. Uh, I do remember the last episode's really long. Yeah. And like surprisingly so. And I just kept waiting for it to finish, but it's still very good and very funny. Uh, a game that. Uh, actually, sorry, I, I was one ahead. Telltale Batman. Ooh. My lowest score. That's why I might have to do it. Four. Wow. I hated this game. I didn't hate it, but it's, I did not you think like it's it. bad. Yes. For a few reasons. One, I played it on PS5. I don't know if it was part of playing it on PS5. Maybe I played it on PS4, actually. But, oh, I played it on PS4 Pro. That's what it was. Mm. It looked like shit. It looked worse than any other Telltale game, which is yeah. weird because it was later. Because they were using a new engine, and there was this weird separation. If you don't know how Telltale games work, they're these sort of choose your own adventure type things where there's a lot of cut scenes but there is some like you know you walk around uh, uh, point and click adventure type stuff but 
it was so blatantly obvious in that game particularly when something was in the video game engine and when something was like a pre-shot cutscene, mm. like an MP4 file that they just put in, that it took me out literally every time I saw it. I was like, oh, we're getting a cutscene. Okay. Um, the story, as someone who has read and watched and experienced a lot of Batman stories, is the single worst Batman story I've ever heard. It is. It's so it is, bad. Yeah. Like, the... I almost don't care to spoil it because no, it is, do it. Like, okay, spoilers for Telltale Batman. Honestly, do it because I barely remember it. <laughs> so the big bad of Telltale Batman is this character called Lady Arkham. Lady Arkham, this whole time you're like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Harley Quinn? Is it going to be Catwoman, who you've been talking to the whole time? Is it going to be uh, Joker in some sort of? Who's it going to be? It's fucking Vicky Vale. What? The news reporter. Like I that I get they were trying their own thing. And kudos for that, I guess. But it just did not work. Like, I could not buy Vicky Vale as this. She's actually the daughter of an Arkham. And she's been trained in, like, this sort of assassin style her whole life. But then went undercover as a reporter. And then, like, lashed out against her family and killed them. And left their orphan kids stranded in this closet. And, like, it just... It's Vicky Vale. Like, it... it oh, that story sucks. It's so bad. That game is fundamentally not very good yeah uh, i might have had that game crash on me more than any oh other my god game. yeah like, beyond just the quality of the rest of the game it was technically pretty much broken when yes. i played it yeah it um, didn't get any better i want to say that it crashed and deleted my save at one point oh, Jesus. Uh, something like that uh yeah i might have to give it like a 5.2 or something like that yeah. it's just not very good in no. any way i also one of the funniest things i've ever seen was and i think there's a twitch clip somewhere for some reason, I don't know if it was the PS4 Pro or what, when Gordon smoked, it was literally like triangles came out. <laughs> Just like huge translucent triangles, and it looked terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. I love Telltale. For the most part, that game's bad. I've been, I played the first episode of the second one, and it is better. Oh, okay. Um, but that's all I've played so far, so who knows. A game that I didn't know we had both played, Tetris Effect. Ooh, yeah, yeah. What would you give Tetris Effect? Tetris Effect is like an 8.5. It's just, it's Tetris, so which means it's great. Yes. And then has a unique spin of being a borderline rhythm game. It's yeah. just, it is very, I would like to play it in VR. Um, mm. It has been t- one of the better VR experiences or so I've heard. Um, even just for what it is, it's just rock solid, good fun. I gave it an 8. And the only reason I docked it is because I had heard such good things and it doesn't drop in price very often. I bought it for like 20 bucks. It's really short. It is short. It's like a day's worth of, like I played it in one sitting and I'm not somebody who gets through a lot of stuff in one sitting. Um, So that I was almost, I was like, oh, because I was playing it on stream and someone in chat was like, you have one section left. And I was like, wait, oh, okay. It's been like two hours and I've gotten through it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, But it is a game to just, have on your dashboard and if you want to play Tetris that's and great you can like you can play it over and over again it has like sure. it's, it has your classic Tetris like marathon modes and like yeah, other yeah. things but the quote unquote story or campaign is right. very short which is what I was there for yeah. I prefer Tetris 99 uh-huh. uh, The Last of Us 10, Ten. The Last of Us 2 10, Ten. alright different kinds of 10s yes, but they're both 10s but they are both 10s I agree The Walking Dead the Telltale game the season one first one yes i'm gonna give season one a let's see i so i gave tales of the borderlands saying it was my favorite so i'm gonna give walking dead like an 8.6 i gave it a nine 
This is my favorite Telltale game. Yeah. Um, Definitely tugs on the heartstrings yes, a lot more. I, I tend to like the serious moments of this more than the funny moments of Borderlands. Sure. I, Borderlands is so interesting because not many games do humor as well as that game oh, did. Oh, yeah. Um, but this game does serious stuff as well as a lot of games have. Uh, and that was before... It was still a little bit buggy, but you could kind of overlook it because it was mm. Telltale's first like foray into that kind of stuff, even though they had made Sam and Max, a series I really like that people forget about. Um, Walking Dead Season 2. 8.4. I gave it a 7.9. Wow. I don't remember a lot of it, <laughs> to I don't be remember honest. a ton of either. I, I remember Kenny. the endings of both. I remember, I think you were at my house when I did the ending. That rings a bell. I think it was me, you, and Hank. Something about this is familiar. I think I was streaming it. Yeah. And you were like, wait, what? Because I chose something that you didn't expect me to. Um, Yeah, it was good. Not as memorable as the first season, though. The Witcher 3. Oh. (laughs) A game you and I have both sort of dissed. Yeah, but I'm going to... I can't in good faith knock it down that far based on my... You know, there are certain... I've built up my disdain for this game. Sure. Less because of the actual quality and more because it's fun. Right. Uh, <laughs> because there's really only... The the combat is the nitpick and the boringness of the characters. That's pretty much my two Which nitpicks. are a pretty big two. Sure. But you can argue that this is a huge game that has right. a ton of side quests and content that's really cool. Yeah. But I'm still going to give it like an eight even. I gave it a 7.5. Yeah. Uh... It's funny, too, because there was a moment when I was playing it on stream that I really liked it, and then it kept going. Yeah. And then it kept going. And then it kept going, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Uh, the combat just never evolves in a way that you would like. Uh, the Witness. A game that you have 92% of the trophies in. Really? Yep. Does that have a platinum? Yep. Going to have to look into that. I've got the platinum. Um, it's very hard. Isn't there, like, one trophy that is ridiculous? So... Uh, most of the witness, uh, the puzzle game, you can obviously look up a guide for the puzzles you're struggling with in that. And there's a specific like challenge room that is all randomly generated and you can't look up guides for, and you have to do it under a certain amount of time. Yeah. So it's just like learning it, learning it, learning. I think that's one of those that I'm like, I know that there's no chance I'm going to get this. So I probably Mm -hmm. abandoned it. Um, the witness is, I'm going to give it like a 8.3. I Uh, give it a nine. It's one of my favorite puzzle games. I've ever played. Yeah. I really like it. It's just a little too, and not to, you know, put, uh, say this in such artsy a Artsy-fartsy? That's exactly the term I yeah, was going to Yeah, no, use. it is. It totally like, is. It totally artsy-fartsy. It's yeah. totally just sort of like an art piece. Yes. Veiled as a video game. And shocker, I enjoy that kind of thing. <laughs> Three-fourths home. I remember, oh, I know I, I played this game. You probably beat it because it's like 30 minutes. Yeah. But I, it's weird that I can play a game and maybe don't remember enough of it to even <laughs> review it, but I think that's the situation here. I gave it a seven. I like that game a lot, but okay. it's not a lot of content. Tomb Raider. Okay. This is the reboot. Um, a fundamentally good game. Yes. Uh, eight point four. Seven point eight. <laughs> uh, I liked it for the most part, but fun, fun to tell the story out. of how I got the platinum. So, mm. which is. Which is me and Andrew set, did the same thing over and over again. Yeah. For a, probably a sum total of like 18 hours <laughs> just to grind each other up levels. If, if you want to do it again, let me know. I don't. <laughs> Tricky Towers. Tricky Towers. Great game. A fantastic game. Uh, 
Uh, 8.9. It's just really, really good uh, Tetris-style game. I gave it 8.1. Very good. Uncharted 1. I wrote down all the Uncharted's because I think this is a fun can of worms to get into. Uncharted 1, I'm going to give what I'm going to call a little bit of the Iron Man effect. Okay. Because it started it all. Yeah, yeah. It started this legendary series, one of my favorite series ever in games. Right. Because the first one is fundamentally not fantastic. It's not great. It has not aged well, but still has the Nate and Elena and Sully charm. Sure. That is, makes it still fun to play. But I'm still I'm only going to give it like a 7.8. Oh, I gave it an 8.2. Okay. okay. I was expecting me lower on you than that. Yeah. Uh, or lower than you on that. But yeah, it's like you said, it's it set everything in motion. Harder to grade now. I almost it's almost to the point with that game where if someone were looking to play them all, I would almost tell them to skip it. I would and say start with 2. I can't do it because I don't think you should, but if someone's like I want to play the best of uncharted maybe one's not where to start but i don't know maybe not but i think the the rest of them are significantly bolstered by the establishing of nate and elena's relationship and nate and sully's relationship because sure you know the and there are some quips from that first game that are just so good yeah that it'd be hard to skip it and get the full effect of the rest of them well i'll be son of a bitch is one of my (laughs) wait is that what it is? is that that's what it is right well i'll well i'll be oh crap is it not what it is oh no Victor oh, well, Sullivan. I'll be go to hell. That's well, what it is. Well, I'll be go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite quotes from any game. Uncharted two. Now, <laughs> Jay's so ready for this. I don't think, as much as I love the Uncharted games, uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to give any of them a ten. Okay. I think they're all somewhere in the nines, and from this point forward, two, three, and four are all somewhere in the nines. Yes. And then it's just a question of do I give them all about the same score or do I mix it up? And I love Uncharted 2 for certain reasons that it certain things that it does better than it's, you know, later, you know, mm-hmm. what's the opposite of a predecessor? Uh it's progeny. Okay. <laughs> so Subsessor? I'm going to give word. Uncharted 2 a 9.2. Okay, I gave Uncharted 2 a 9.7. Oh, wow. I went opposite to you. I am giving one of them a 10. It's three, I presume. Three is my ten, yes. I think I'm going to give three a 9.6. Okay. Um, Just because the set pieces are incredible. My favorite of the series. Like, just mind-boggling in their awesomeness and style and music. Like, and it's scope. just so good. Um, Which then leads into four, I presume. Yes. Which I'm going to give a 9.5. I gave four a 9.7 as well. Uh, I think they're all three great. Uncharted 4 is the objective best gameplay. Yes. Uh, The story is interesting in that it is a more personal story, but the shoehorning in of Drake's brother rubbed me the wrong way. That's fair. I think if that had stuck the landing better, I think Uncharted 4 would be my favorite. Mm. Because it's such a nostalgia trip in a lot of ways. Sure, yeah. It lets you relive a lot of the memories from the prior games. Yeah. Uh, it is just, but those all of those games are just so well made and just about as perfect video games. If you're just looking to have fun, yes, those are the games you should absolutely play. Yeah, and that's why I gave Uncharted three a ten because I don't know that you can do a game like that better than they did. Yeah, and that was my ultimate like that's what a ten is. Except for maybe that last thing, but you know, in Uncharted three, yeah, which we got into this, but yeah, 
I like I like that. It's fight. fine. That it's fight. not Lazarevich. No, shout out. I love Lazarevich. Watch Dogs. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> How low are we going to go here? How low can you go? I give Not it a, as low as Batman. No, I gave it a 6.8. Might okay. be, that might be generous. but I'm going to give it a 7. Mm, yeah. You know? I enjoyed it at the, at the time. It's just... Oh. The promise of that game was Aiden so Pierce. much more than it ever was. <laughs> Aiden Pierce is one of the worst Aiden protagonists. Aiden is just absolute drab. Yeah. That but, story's weird. Yeah. But just the idea of the hacking is cool. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. That game's very forgettable. Watch Dogs 2. A game that is a little less forgettable. Correct. But I still don't love it. It's good. Yeah. But even in I'm like, I don't remember that story well enough. It didn't grip me in I remember the way. Scientology bit. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. 7.9. I gave it an 8.4. Okay. I really like Marcus just as a protagonist, and he made that game really fun. Yeah. And Watch Dogs has enough promise to me sure. as a series that I enjoyed. It was very fun to play in. I like the two leaning more into the hacking. Like, one, you were still... Yeah. You were hacking to sort of set up shootouts. Right. This one, you could... There were missions dedicated. Like, you're going to hack your way through this entire mission, which yeah. I really Yeah, never liked. fire a gun. Right. All right. Is that it? That's it. You want to throw in a pepper in a couple and then sure go ones? for it yeah well, let's just hit the big one the big two in recent years at okay because I wrote down Mario Odyssey now are you gonna give it a ten hmm it's one that I don't know I think I give it a nine five yeah because it's one of my favorite Mario games I don't know if it's my favorite Mario game. And therefore, since Mario games have been done better in my head, I don't know if I can, if I can give it a 10, but it's a phenomenal game. It is just... A game I love to death. Objectively, it is, you know, oh, because it's modern, you know, deeper, more content. Like, it's... Right. It's so good. But I agree with you that I don't think I could go as far as to give it a 10. Yeah. But and I'm going to give it a score that would indicate that if I were, like, ranking my high games, like, like I would put the Uncharted games higher like at least like three and four yeah and probably two above it but i'm still going to give odyssey like a 9.8 because it's like right. so close to being yeah. perfection that the mario series often is yeah but yeah it's just a wonderful game and then breath of the wild because you'd give it a 10 that's a 10 for me yeah this one i would have to think critically about because mm. i i would not give it a 10 sure i would give it probably like a 9.2 like mm. it is about as well done as a open world playground has ever been done. Yeah. Um, but having no attachment to the Zelda, you know, I, or legacy, even though I know sure. you didn't really either. No. Uh, yeah, the shrines are cool, but there's so many of them. I love it. Like, That's my favorite part. I of that like game. that, but it's also kind of daunting. Sure. And I don't know. There's just going to these towns. It's like, go to this town. I'm like, and you're meeting these people, and I don't know who any of these people are. Like, <laughs> yeah. You go into that one town up next to the volcano, and you people are probably like, oh, this is the town where this weird go- golem people. Goron? Gorons, Goron. that's what they're called. Hey, brother. And then I see the Gorons, and I'm like, I don't know what you are. I'm sure some people were like, oh, my God, it's yeah. the Gorons. Good old Gerudo town. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. I love the Gorons because they all talk like wrestlers. Oh, yeah. That's like a thing. They're like, what's up, brother? Brother. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. You got any more? No, you want to talk about? I'm out. Yeah, we can call it there. Yeah, all right. So that's a good, good sample. Yeah, a good way to see if your tastes align with ours, which our tastes 
almost align yeah. pretty pretty heavily. In certain but, ways they diverge, but sure, yeah. Well, Tanner, do you have a recommendation for this week? My recommendation is the game I've been playing, NBA 2K. I didn't talk oh. a lot about it at the top, um, but I read some weird stuff on 2K online when I before I bought it. I was like, do people like this one? You know, what's the feeling? And I think the best way to do sports games is buy them maybe every other year mm. or just when you really have the itch for it. Um, because people were complaining a lot about 2K21 in ways that I don't understand. Yeah. Like... So I understand that some people live in those games and they know the fi- the most finite details. But to me, the game looks great. You love the look of the floor. The scuff marks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it looks very good. The game looks great on PS5. I like a lot of the sort of movement changes they've made where you can like... It's not a thing you do implicitly or it's not a thing you do intentionally, but it's just kind of there yeah. with like how you plant your feet and it's you're not sliding all over the place anymore and... They made some really cool adjustments. I understand why people don't like some of those adjustments because it does kind of slow things down, makes defense more more of a thing. But I enjoy some of the changes they made, and I just love both the my player system and the system where you get a bunch of cards and you get to assemble these crazy, you know, hybrids of the past and now teams. I just it's the perfect to me. Two K are the best sports games going right now, and I, I really like this one. All right. Well, my rec is going to be not a game because all I've been playing is Returnal and all I will be probably playing for the next week is Returnal. Yeah. Uh, so mine's just going to be something funny. And it's not the funny thing I alluded to earlier, okay. which was Mega Man by Little Wayne. Yeah. Uh, this is actually more related. Okay. This is a subreddit. All right. And it's the Dark Souls memes subreddit. Okay, I've seen some of these. I love this subreddit. It is hilarious. <laughs> like, if you have any knowledge of Dark Souls lore. Yeah. This is rib sticking humor on this thing. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good. There's one that I will allude to, but you'll know the one that's like, you know, I want to continue the age of fire, but after like, you know, a sexual act. Right. It's oh my gosh. The first time I saw that, like was I busted laughing. A nut. Uh what was the what was the one I sent you that was like Obama and he was like oh I, I oh the fertile pygmy so easily forgotten <laughs> it was just like oh I almost I left my house but I forgot oh no oh the furtive pygmy so easily forgotten and <laughs> just that killed me oh, for some man. reason and if you don't if you're not real deep into some Dark Souls lore you don't know what that's talking about you probably don't even know what that's even talking know, about I didn't even know but it just made me laugh <laughs> just the phrase is yeah. kind of inherently funny oh man right. that was fun it was fun next week will be episode 10 that's true maybe we'll do something special <laughs> yeah you never know who knows but all a the, week to think about it you got a week to think about it and then we just got a few more weeks for, until E3 which will be special hell yeah so looking forward to that but until then we're tapping out